Hello and welcome to Dungeoneered, a podcast dedicated to discussing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. <laughs> Let's do this. I almost, I almost said and a podcast de- dedicated to discussing Aaron. That's almost what I said. I was very close. And boy, wouldn't that be an interesting podcast? I think we have different ideas on what's interesting, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Because, you know, never mind. You know, never mind. Let's just go to the lukewarm open because we'll be here for forever if we yep. do this. Well, um, so let's finish. Well, hold on. We, your character. No. Oh, remember oh, I said oh. that. I remember I said that based on what we choose, we either are going to have a lukewarm open or we're not. Oh, okay, okay. So we okay, need okay. to decide before we jump in. Okay, okay. So, okay. We have, t- this is our 100th episode. It's kind of a big, a big thing. So, you know, it's funny. You said that today, and I already forgot since you said it, which was like five minutes ago. Yeah. So we have two options for topics. One, we talk about our worlds, and you like you first tell us about something in your world, and then I talk about something similar or possibly related from my world, and then we have to somehow combine them and put it in the, our world for season five. Oh, cats. Oh, gosh. Or I have gone through and looked at our most listened to episodes. Oh, good call. Good call. I have li- I have looked at what we created in those episodes and found one that I was wanted to talk about. We could do a normal lord at the beginning and then create something at the end like we normally do, but the lord at the beginning is what we created from another season. Oh, interesting. Mhm. Okay. Okay. Oh man, yeah, we're we're mixing it up for episode 100. Um boy. What do- you know, I'm really into our own world lore. Do we want to do more of our own world lore stuff and try to make I always have a good time doing it. So I'm cool with that if that's what we want to do. Yeah, I think let's do that. I think that I think that would be fun cuz you know, when my world gets famous, then you know, this podcast will be out here and you know. <laughs> <sighs> so, don't hear me. So, So what would you like to talk about? Yes, no lukewarm open. What would you like to talk about from your world that we will then try to be inspired by to create something for our world of season five? Well, I was going to ask, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I want you to go first. I feel like I go first a lot. Yeah, it's because I I don't know. I don't want to. Yeah. Okay, okay, fine. I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, oh man, what do I want to do? Okay, I'm gonna give you some like really broad topics, and then you're gonna choose kind of where we go. Does that work for you? Okay. So I'm thinking I have three places that I want to go, and I'm gonna give you the the broad categories that they're under. First, I'm looking at my notebook, like my OneNote notebook with all my stuff on it. And so I think the three tabs I'm going to choose is one, I'm going to choose world notes, which is current world notes. So it's like not in past, not in the history. It's like current, present day. Second one I think I'm going to go with is, ooh, let's do Pantheon. And then I think, 
I think the fourth one we're going to do is let's do NPC notes. I'm so confused. So those so world notes are like basic. Are you asking current... me to choose which one you want to do? Yeah. 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 Pick which one you want. Yeah. Which one do we want to do? Because I have so much stuff. I can't decide myself. Um, so it's NPC notes, world notes or what? Or um, the Pantheon notes. I'd say world. World notes? Yeah. Okay, let's do this. Oh, man. It's so... What do I want? I could even do a whole other one in here. Let's talk about... Are we feeling more like... Are we feeling more criminally? Are we feeling more lawful? Are we feeling a little bit more chaotic? What are we feeling? Um... You're asking very vague questions. It's hard to give you answers. <laughs> I know, but I need answers. <laughs> uh, chaotic, I guess. Chaotic. Okay. Um, let us let us move kind of away from the campaign so that you don't really get to uh, get to get any extreme spoilers. And we're gonna kind of run into. Let's do. Ooh. We're gonna do criminals run criminals run do you do you remember what criminals run is you, have you heard about it in my world i don't even remember i don't it doesn't sound familiar i mean it sounds similar like it sounds like uh you might be talking about like um what do they call that raven rock in the north oh raven's ridge it's it's close to raven's ridge but it's not it is not uh it's not raven's ridge that's a that's its own little town and city yeah. but criminals run is actually an entire nation so um in my world, the criminal organizations, the main criminal organization, which I think we've probably talked a little bit about in this podcast, is called the Dens. And I think you've probably heard a little bit about the Dens. But essentially, each the Dens are like a, a large criminal organization that's broken up into like five or six different parts. Um, they have what's called the Thieves' Den, the Assassin's Den, Smuggler's Den, yada, yada, yada. And pretty much what happens is, is depending on... Um, depending on what area of expertise uh, a person is planning on going depends on what den they get placed in. Um, so there's even like a bruiser's den where people go and like beat people up for money and extortion and stuff like that. So um, it's kind of this whole big operation. But the dens are extremely, extremely powerful. Um, and in some places, this is kind of why I wanted to choose between criminal and chaotic in some places um, they're not considered criminal for one specific reason um, criminals run is an entire nation run by the dens they are the organization they are the leadership they are everything about that nation and essentially how uh, criminals run operates is in a way, it is. it operates under the criminal's creed and is the only law that pretty much exists within criminal's run. And the criminal's creed is the only thing that really matters is that you don't... Let me, let me figure out how to, uh, how to word this because it's, it's essentially... It's more of like a... Um, it's not a direct motto. It's more of like a understanding between criminals. Um, so it's an understanding between criminals that you don't harm other criminals. So you, you pretty much have to be able to understand 
guess and figure out who's a criminal and who's not. And so criminal criminals run is essentially a safe haven for all criminals. So whoever gets caught committing a crime, whoever has like warrants out against them, all sorts of things like this. And they are, um, it's, it's the safe haven for those people to run and go to. They have entire cities and places like that completely dedicated to, um, bringing in loot from other countries from to you know <laughs> stealing and doing all sorts of stuff like that but mm-hmm. the only rule that exists there is you don't harm another criminal so that can be all sorts of different things from killing somebody to um stealing certain possessions that are off limits so um, in criminals run there is a difference between harming a criminal and like stealing from a criminal or um committing petty crimes against a criminal essentially uh, they treat crime as a massive game within their city, but as long as it doesn't h- harm anyone in a extreme negative way, then everything is fair game. And so um, what's really, really fun about it is they pretty much take that idea of this criminal's creed and they dis- establish um, they establish separate hideouts and dens throughout the world, and they funnel all of the things they steal, all the things they um, earn, and funnel it to Criminal's Run. It's pretty much um, one of its nickname, nickname is called the Darkened Lighthouse because it's it's a lighthouse for criminals. So it's like it's a beacon and a place of hope for criminals to go to and flee. Um, the mm. history of it is, um, and again, I don't know how long we want me to go here, but. The history of Criminals Run is pretty unique. So it used to be um, part of Gradalashan, which I think you have heard about Gradalashan as well, right? Yep. So Gradalashan. That's is, one that has the immortal emperor. Yes, yes. So Gradalashan was this massive empire um, on the northern continent. And they pretty much ruled with an iron fist. There's really no other way to. Um, explain it. They have what's called the Immortal Emperor, who you just referred to. He is essentially a god among men. So if you think of like Egyptian pharaohs in in history, where people think that like you know the the, the pharaoh is a god, it's pretty much how um, this ruler is. Except for it is rumored this ruler has never ever died. So he is actually a god, is what the people think. Um, now there's a lot of rumors and circulation about it whether he's actually died and the family lineage just continues and they just kind of like you know keep it secret keep it safe um but so they used to have complete control over the entirety of the continent Mm -hmm. until there was a massive massive rebellion and this rebellion uh pretty much shattered the uh alliance of the continent and broke it into four separate nations um two of which are um republics that are allied with each other and they have been fighting gridalashan continuously to this get to this day one is a militaristic, like, mercenary style, um, like Viking, I guess would probably be the best way to put it, um, nation where they they just reside up in their snowy lands and they, you know, fight and pretty much the people who are in control are the, the, the generals and the people who are the strongest, so they're very militaristic. Um, and then you have Gradalashan, which still exists um, in their capital, uh, which is um, still the throne of the immortal emperor. However... There is one place that nobody claimed during this civil war, this rebellion, um, and it is a it is a typical swamp. Except for like when you think of a swamp in your mind, you always think of like hot and humid and buggy, right? 
Um, but this one is like a cold bog. It's the opposite. It's, it's very cold and freezing. Um, the vegetation here, while dense and thick, um, resembles more of like a, you know, a coniferous forest than anything, but most of the trees are dead and, um, unable to grow. Mm -hmm. But with who, since nobody wanted those lands, because there's not a whole lot you could do with them, um, the criminals, the people who didn't really want to live in any of these societies, ended up claiming it as their own. So they started to find, um, almost like Smeagol in Lord of the Rings, almost started to find these uh, passageways through the bog, um, dry places through the bog that nobody else seemed to be able to find or locate. Um, they started to find little... Uh, places of dry land for settlement so that they could build and, um, uh, you know, get, get settlements. Um, and it provided for them a very, very safe place from others, from people who don't like the less, <laughs> the less than lawful group. Um, but with that came steady growth. They were not pursued. They were not attacked. They were not, um, killed or cast out of their lands because nobody could invade, nobody could move through. And if they tried, um, the criminals did a lot of like guerrilla tactics where they would shoot them from safe places on the bog and disappear into the wilderness. They'd have mages who would shift and move pieces of land in between the dirt so that each path is different every time you want to take, every time your army's trying to march. So what one place you mapped and thought was correct is no longer correct anymore and it is now an impassable uh, waterway of freezing cold water. Um, and so they, they established themselves a natural fortress, um, which means that most of their settlements don't have any walls. They use the bog and the swamp as their defenses. They're using their environment to keep them safe. Yep. They use, they only use their environment and because they've been here for so long, they've gained such a mastery of how to control the swampland, control the animals within the swampland, um, and manipulate the terrain so that no matter who's passing through, it was not the same the last time you went through. And so each criminal is part of the criminal's creed in a way. Um, they get instructions depending on the, the season, depending on the year, how to traverse these bogs and how to make their way through um, these marshlands in order to get to civilization. Um, the capital is very, very inspired by um, Tortuga in real life, <laughs> which is like a, essentially just a was anyways a giant uh, pirates island, so to speak, of just lawless activity, and that is um, at least how it's portrayed in movies, anyways, um, and that is how uh, Criminals Run, which is the capital of Criminals Run, is is portrayed. It is a very, very lawful place where anyone can do pretty much whatever they want as long as they are not harming another individual. And punishments for those are very, very severe. So if you're already a criminal, in their eyes, if you're already a criminal and you hurt or you go against um, the people who have welcomed you in, then you are filth in their eyes and you are no longer worthy of calling criminals run your home. And so they kick you out or kill you depending on how it is. Um, oftentimes what they'll do too is they even have sections of the bog that they'll scramble and then throw you out and tell you good luck. You got to make it across. If you do, you deserve to live. If you don't, then sucks for you. So, yeah. um, but over the years they have gained 
massive amounts of wealth because they have um, funneled so much uh, resources and money from the nations around them, including nations all the way across the seas. So they have a base of operations in every single continent um, and even have political rulership in many different places. So anyways, that's Criminals Run. Any questions? Because I'm sure you have some. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Um... Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. I guess one other important thing is that uh, Usgod, the nation to its east, tried to invade it at one point because um, they, again, are very militaristic and thought, like, this would be a really easy place to conquer and take over, and it is to this day their their greatest humiliation. And one of the things they... Um, they don't they don't shy away from the story, but it brings them great shame that they marched into Criminal's Run and lost entire armies within the bog. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there hasn't really been an attempt to take it over since, so... Um, it's pretty, uh, pretty safe from any kind of activity. And even people who like paladins and things who, or people like bounty hunters and stuff who try and find and get criminals in there have a hard time of even, uh, navigating. And, you know, if you're, if you're caught there being a, uh, you know, somebody who's like hunting for a criminal, there's a lot of punishments that go get sent your way. Um, mm-hmm. so, so- Okay, look, thinking about your map, because I, I know what your map looks like, where is Criminal's Run on this? So Criminal's Run is uh, in the northernmost continent, and it is between Gurdalashan, which is probably the northernmost country, and Usgod, um, right in between the two. Okay. So in our campaign right now, we're in uh, the Eversong Coast, and it is pretty much in the direct middle of <laughs> the map uh it is uh it is on the southernmost continent and you'd have to cross the strait of broken swords then cross the republic of ashon and then into gradalashon and then uh you make make it to criminals run yeah so um yep and the strait of broken swords is uh very difficult to cross and very difficult to navigate because uh, of the weather conditions and ocean patterns yeah that, uh, go through that strait but yes, so they're pretty pretty well protective. And then they send through the Middle Sea, they send all sorts of treasures, which they control the majority of the Middle Sea because they have their own pirateering guild uh, that pretty much rules the seas in that area of the world. Mm-hmm. Even merchants, as much as it's a very convenient sea to travel, um, they either stick very close to the coastlines or they bring a lot of guard with them. So multiple ships and things like that. Um, they've even, they've even brought several ships, uh, like they'll wait for, you know, 10 or 12 different merchant ships before they travel across the, the middle sea because the pirateering is so bad. The privateering is so bad. Mm-hmm. My questions for you, my, my is what do you think can be added to like, what do you, because I was going to combine something from my world, but I'm not, I don't have an idea of what could be added to this. Like maybe, (laughs) maybe it would be instead of adding, it would be, I create what, instead of having it be a criminal's area, it's just, we take the part of the protective surrounding area and how it's really hard to siege and really hard to get to. And what, 
is behind that is what I create is what I is what my thing inspires. So like what's behind the bog? Yeah, well what is it protecting in in our other world in in, in season 5? Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a super good idea. The other thing I thought about is like I don't know creating some sort of um secondary creed of some kind that, you know, I don't know, that criminals can agree to and then kind of like some sort of dueling rights or something like that <laughs> that can usurp the criminal's creed. But I do like the idea of like a the uh, the thing about the bog. Like if we were to put that in season five and have something like it's defending or hiding, I think that's cool. Or you can just pick a topic from your world and discuss something about your world and then we just try and fit them both in a way into... You know, after you're done explaining something from your world, and then we just go for it. Okay, I am looking all over my through my notes because I have two worlds going on right now. So I'm like, okay, what? Yeah, you have so much. You have so much D and D going on in your life right now. Too much. Um, I did three games once in my life, and I just couldn't do it. It was too much. It was just too much. <laughs> See, one of them is every other week, which is nice, but still, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, especially if you're DMing, you're DMing two of them, you know, that's a lot. So, one of, one of the things I really liked in this post-apocalypse world that I made was that they didn't, the history of the world was the gods were killed. So, the people who currently live in the world have no idea what the gods are like who the gods are or any details about them so there was a really interesting time where like these people are still getting becoming paladins and clerics but they have no answer for why what's giving them this power there's no religion to study they have to just like hope that they discover something in some sort of a uh, expedition out into the wastes. So I created this order called the Order of the Faithful. They understand they don't have. There's not. They don't have the answers, but they know the answers are out there. So they're constantly seeking. Why do we have these powers? And the throughout the campaign. The party has now discovered two kind of sources of gods. The two really weak gods. Did they survive like the apocalyptic? They did. Through the, through, they, just, uh, they survived the massacre of the gods. Now, the interesting thing that, um, that I have seeded into the world is that what these people are being given when they become paladins and clerics is a piece of the soul of the god. So there's not a lot of clerics and paladins because the souls are so weak of gods. That's a very interesting, very interesting uh, way of having clerics and paladins get their power. Now, the interesting thing about that in a world where the gods are dead is that because they, they, some of them are granted these powers... They have these fragments of the soul, which through some in-game stuff, they're going to be able to, if they actually want to, 
possibly bring these gods back and maybe even help in the final battle of this campaign in like their weakened avatar forms do these so if like clerics have if like they have the pieces of the soul if mm-hmm. they die does the soul just go back to the god or or how does that work so the god is isn't corporeal right now so i didn't have they, they're they're not in a there's not there's not a way to think about it in a physical space it goes back to whatever wherever the soul of the god is which the players have no idea where that is like there's no physical location i'm not gonna it's not like oh they're on the astral sea it's like the soul is in some sort of soul realm or something maybe it's in like the ethereal plane i haven't quite like i i just think that it's uh Planar travel is not as big of a thing, so I didn't need to come up with where the soul is right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I mean, be- I didn't create everything about criminal yeah, run, so... <laughs> because it doesn't... I mean, it doesn't really matter in the long run where the soul is. The whole point is that just the... the Occasionally, they get the power to kind of reach out and touch a life. And they have done that. And they have created the paladins and clerics, and now these paladins and clerics will have a chance of bringing their deity back. And so, the Order of the Faithful have they like figured out? Have they figured out anything about this? What's like what's their goal? So, what are they doing? So they have found when the when the party discovered one of the gods, the paladin in the group was like a a temporary fill in character as one of the other characters was there was some stuff going on with their backstory and stuff so they were uh, not in the party at the time so i said hey would you be okay if i take this paladin character and make them an npc from now on and they said that would be awesome and they'll be like the and so they became the kind of the head of this church as they were an order of the faithful and they found this god and so now they're trying to spread the word and get as many followers for this god as possible so a lot of the order of the faithful when they discovered their first god was like yeah that's where we're gonna we're gonna move to this city where the god is and try to learn as much as we can now some of them are still even with the evidence before their eyes are still doubting so there's still some that that are not a part of this city but the majority of them went yeah, I mean, I feel like that'd be natural because there was an entire apocalypse, you know? It'd be pretty <laughs> pretty easy to, like, abandon the gods. Yeah. Well, so the thing, the interesting thing is that the apocalypse is, I mean, would have been prevented if the gods hadn't been killed. Right, but they were killed. Do you know how they were killed? Did you make that? Yeah. So, aliens killed the gods. Oh, no. So aliens came to the planet, were super powerful compared to the people on this planet. And they were like, the only things on this planet that are strong enough to go against us would be these gods. So they like did a few things to kind of sneakily start taking the gods out before just finally fully attacking once they had enough of an upper hand. Is that going to be a thing that happens in your campaign? Like, are you going to have to fight the aliens? So the aliens, they were the ones who accidentally opened up the world to, it was a, um, 
an elder evil, like a Cthulhu-like monster that oh, kind of yeah. began to kind of um, affect the mind of some of these aliens and made them think that, oh, the good thing to do is release these aliens. Then the world will become stronger and better. That's not what was going to happen. The alien doesn't care about this. This elder evil doesn't care about you. It doesn't care about your people. It doesn't care about. And it was just manipulating you so that you would release it. So it was released and created all these like zombie like monstrosities that have now flooded the world. Now, the elder evil was not fully released as when the the mind-controlled alien was trying to release it, the other aliens realized kind of what was going on, not fully, but to enough of an extent that they were like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna step in. <laughs> this is not good. And yeah, so they, oh, they yeah. fought back to stop it. What is the order done throughout this whole thing? Uh, well, the order's given the party some missions, um, the order has sought knowledge, um, was always willing to pay when the, um, when the party found anything or when their own people found stuff. And one of the interesting things is I gave the party this kind of, um, you could say like demons book. It's kind of like this, um, it's, it, this demon wasn't originally a demon. They were a person, they were a humanoid from the material plane but they kind of became a demon and they had this diary of just kind of who they were and what was what happened and all that stuff and the party found it but they couldn't read it but they could tell that it was some sort of powerful thing so like hey let's give it to the order of the faithful so they did and in the end some of the people believed this demon creature that was that wrote this diary was a god and so some of them became cultist of this of this demon oh interesting interesting because of the party so then, giving them this book so then like okay how much how much influence and power does this order have very much or is it pretty little cuz i feel like there's not a lot to go around if you're like just holding on to soul of the god you know uh, it had a, quite a lot of power um, because healers and like clerics and paladins are always going to be super useful in a in a city. So in the original city that the campaign started in Vitari, they were one of the like m- main groups. They were one of the people that had a council member that was like one of the people that helped decide what the government was going to do. Do they not have as much power anymore? Is that is that what kind of what you were inferring? Sort of, because they have there there are now like four cities, and like they have more of a presence in the one where the actual god is, which is a, a city that was started by the players. And Vitari has also been sacked and is not in as good of a condition as it was when the campaign started. So then, like, okay. This group, do they have like a a purpose or an aim again? Like, what's their like? What, Finding out what the god wants, or they just look for what the god like. Look for? Well, they're looking for gods in general. They had no idea where they got their power from. They knew it was some sort of greater, powerful being, but they had no details on what that is because there was no writing on it. 
so originally it was like just figure out what's out there and then once they found out what was out there they're like now they're getting to the point where it's like um it's like in the development of of uh civilizations how it starts where everybody has just does the bare minimum to survive once they're able to produce enough to not only survive but thrive they can start specializing so they're at the point where they are starting to specialize as they are like okay we know the gods that are out there we we're learning more names of gods more powers of gods Let's try to figure out which god that we have heard of gives each of us power. And so then, then the order I'd imagine is going to fracture because you've already see you know you already saw a little bit of it kind of mm-hmm. but like when they all start finding what gods that give them power, I feel like they're going to like yeah, especially if subgroups especially if those groups begin to bring those gods back. Oh yeah, it's it, definitely going to yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally tear apart the order. Yes. That will definitely happen. Okay, so then, what are we thinking? What are you thinking about how to combine these two and make something for season five? Well, I got it. I think I got it. Oh, okay. So, the kind of bog, or I don't even think we need to use a bog, just the idea of a place that is really, really, really hard to get to and attack. So, what I'm thinking is the... There is some place it's really hard to get to. That is where the gods who are not, who maybe it's just one god who does not want to engage with this pageantry of godhood in this current season. Yep. Yeah, we haven't done much with that. So that is who is, um, that is the group that is protected by whatever this hard to reach thing is. Oh, okay, interesting. So the, the people who, or the group that isn't participating or worships the god who's not participating mm-hmm. is hiding within, like, this bog or whatever we want to use. Now, uh, actually, that would be another thing. I, I, do we think it is still a god-based group where, like, the god who doesn't want to be a part of it is a major member? Or is it a group of non-god believers in general they don't want anything to do with the gods at all and what if there is a god that is living there because he also does not want to be a part of this but he doesn't let them know that he's a god that could be interesting because we already have like a pretty elaborate history of like non-believers in the world and how they were like you know ousted (laughs) yeah and so maybe there's like like one old 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 survivor from some of those horrible attacks that like found some way to not be either found or attacked by the gods or even just like a group of people who managed to escape i like the idea of just like a group of people who managed to survive it well so maybe there's a group but i think like only having one old member that still remembers and like maybe the party can talk to them and they'd be like i remember the massacres of like i think just having that one cranky old man that remembers the bad times is really interesting. What if we, I mean, I don't know. There's a part of me. What if it was like that old man is the God and he's just lived through it all. Cause he is the God. That could be interesting, but he doesn't let the group know that he's a God. No. Yeah. Does that mean that he's going to have to leave at some point? 
because he can't show them that he lives forever. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, Which maybe that becomes something the party has to help him with, help him escape. Yeah, I mean, that would that would definitely cause a little issue that you could definitely arrive, you know, bring up with the group. I think that could be really fun uh-huh. because, you know, I mean, depending how long we wanted certain races to live, you know, he would have a very limited time on the on the material plane unless. Yeah, I mean, it probably still wouldn't work. I mean, I was going to say, unless he was able to, like, trick people, like, you know, each new generation just didn't remember who he was. But I don't know if that would be, if that would really work. So he'd have to, like, yeah, he'd have to leave, which would be, or he would, like, I mean, if he's a god, he could probably just make himself look different each time. But then he wouldn't be that old man that you would talk to, you know? Yeah, that's why I think that he would just leave and then come back as another thing. But he still has to escape. Yeah, I like that idea of like And maybe maybe they, he doesn't even tell the work is done. <laughs> maybe he doesn't maybe he doesn't even tell the party like maybe he just says he knows he's about to die and he doesn't want to do it around them. So he wants to like like an ant, like a cat or something go walk, go away to die. And then next time the party goes to this group, they find this new young member that's like, "Oh, hey," and like introduces themselves. I like the I definitely like the idea of like a new a new member that they meet, you know, and it's this guy. I think I like that. I like that a lot. I'm just trying to think of the excuse of like, well, I want to go away to die. I don't know. That sounds like a little old orc Skyrimy to me, you know. It's like I want a good death. <laughs> no, I I mean I don't think they were going away to to attack anybody. I was more seeing it as I don't want these people to suffer with seeing me like maybe he they, he was pretending he has some sort of terrible illness that's only going to get worse and worse and he's like I don't want to see them I don't want them to have to see me in any worse shape than I am currently or like you know if it was a bog he could be like I'm getting old now and I've caught some sort of bog sickness and I don't want anybody else to get it like you were saying oh yeah I like the idea of, of a kind of contagion a conta- contagious sickness that I need to escape here yeah, I'm, I, I, but then it would be like, how does, how does he know he had, I mean, I guess if he, he made himself look like he had some sort of contagion, then he'd be like, I have to go for the sake of the colony, you know, for the sake of the group. But then I feel like he wouldn't need the party's help, right? Couldn't he just like then leave? He'd have an excuse. I like the idea of he doesn't really have an excuse. And so like he wants the party to like smuggle him out or something or come up with an excuse for him. What would he tell them then? That's a good question because he probably wouldn't want to tell. He wouldn't want to tell the group, you know. Yeah, no, he wouldn't just tell the group, "Hey, I'm a god, so let me out." And he probably wouldn't want to do like you know they're they're plotting against me or anything weird like that either. Because that's why I think sickness is the. That's why I think contagion is the best way to go. Like, hey, I don't want to infect any of the younger generation with what I got. So I'm gonna I'm gonna disappear off into the Mm -hmm. the wilderness. And maybe he doesn't even need the party's help to escape. He just wants them to cause a distraction. And maybe he doesn't even tell them he's leaving. Maybe he just says, hey, can you cause this distraction over there? Do it for an old man. Or like, I don't know, what if he went like really deep into this elaborate scheme? And like, since he's a god, he like created some sort of swamp monsters that he would turn into if the, the uh, you know, contagion continues. And so he wants the party to help fight and take him away so he doesn't come back and attack the village. And so they fight through a bunch of these swamp monsters to, like, get through the 
swamp and then drop him off at, you know, somewhere in the middle of the swamp or whatever. That could definitely be something, I guess. Okay, what if we go a little farther on this? Okay, okay. What if the swamp is surrounded by, like, sort of like zombies or maybe just some sort of monstrous humanoids? And he has built up this story of it's a contagion. You could get it. You have to be careful. Like, if you get it, you need to be cured. Like, all this stuff. And nobody's caught it in, like, 50 years. And they always say, oh, it's because we're safe. No, it's actually not anything at all. And so when he gets sick, he tries to play up. This is the sickness I'm turning into those monsters. What if we... Yeah, I'm okay. Okay. I kind of like... What if we went, like, straight up uh, classic zombie... um, I've been bit. Like classic zombie contagion. Yeah, if you get bit, you have to. Oh no, I like this a lot. Okay, I have an idea. So if you get bit, you have to. I mean, you you turn into. There's nothing you can do. You turn into one of them, right? I mean, you have to make saving throws or whatever. But if you fail the saving throw, you you know are going to turn into one. What if he like he's a god and he like foresees the party coming, and he stages an attack that the party defends off. And he gets bit during the attack, right? But he wanted people who could fight and, you know, get rid of these zombies without harm to the town, okay? So he he's, he and the party help stave off this attack, but he gets bit, automatically giving him a reason to have to go away, right? What so if he actually like just good. bites himself? Like, it's not an actual bite, he just bit himself. Oh, like he just fakes it? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. E- either of those. Yeah, any of those. Um, You know, he fakes getting bit or whatever, and he's like, I have to go... You know, and, that, and if he faked it too, you could even have the party possibly discover it. Mm-hmm. That could be interesting too. But anyways, um, yeah, like he fakes being hurt, he fakes being bit, and he has to, you know, it's I'm gonna go out and die now. So nobody else in the town, I need to be ki- like I need to be killed. So nobody else in the town, I don't want anybody else in the town to have to do this. So the party's gonna go take me out into the swamp and kill me before I come back and attack the town. Yeah. But then the party. It'd be interesting because if he did like they have to kill me, then would they fight him or would it just be like he tells them the truth or would it just be like I have to go wander alone now? That's why I like the wander alone. Okay, yeah. So he gets bit and then he has to go wander, wander the swamps alone. Yeah. He dies from this contagion, this bite. And then because he's a god, he picks up, you know, some mud from the bog and he forms a visage of himself that's a zombie. And then he comes back as somebody else. <laughs> okay, I, I think this is. I think that's. I think that's a really good little mini side quest. Um, I want to dive in a little bit though because I don't know. I like, obviously, I like the concept of like a ever changing bog or an ever or like a you know whatever we're going with something that's like hiding something. Um, how do you think this bog was created? Did this god create it after the atrocities that happened was it always created here and if so why sorry so why was the bog created is that what you're asking yeah, why, why yeah and like or when like when was this bog created and if it was created from the beginning of the world when the gods you know battled or whatever then why why did they create it in the first place was it just a happenstance um, I'm imagining the gods create, I don't think, so a lot of this world is not created as, um, 
intelligently, I think, as that. So I think it just kind of developed through different just battles and things like that. It, it uh, just formed this natural, this bog. Yeah. Like the rest of the world, mountain ranges and everything else we have. Yeah. So then did, did this God then like he settled there because it like these people settled there just because it was hard to get through pretty much is what we, what we're thinking. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Made it that way. It was just, it just happened that way. Yes. And maybe, maybe it was slightly intelligently designed. Like maybe it was like once it started to develop, this God saw it as a place he could protect and keep himself and the people he cared about safe. Yeah, I think I like I mean I like the I like it. Honestly, I just like it as happenstance. Like cuz the world, you know, these all these things were created not by accident, but by accident if that makes sense. <laughs> you know, like yeah. through the byproduct of fighting and art and things like that, these places were created. So, I like the idea of it being by happenstance. But I think I think I like the idea too of somebody developing it for their purpose over time like this god developing it over time to fit their purpose of you know excommunication and hiding right yeah so then okay this group that's here then what do they do to survive how are they able to survive what's the you know if this is like a bog we're gonna go with the bog right we like the bog idea Mm mm-hmm so then how, what do they do to survive? What do they eat? What do they, how do they live? Because in my world, Criminals Run just gets everything exported because they steal it all or, you know. <laughs> they, I think they learn they, to live. They learn all through. I think however your, um, how, I think they just figured out a way to live on what's in the bug. So they're, they, you know, fish or whatever, hunt or... Yeah. I mean, probably fish. It's probably going to be the main thing. Maybe grow like mushrooms or something. <laughs> you know, live off stuff like that, I guess, would probably be a way of doing it. Because, again, in Criminals Run, they don't do anything but steal it. So they steal it from neighboring ships and na- neighboring, you know, countries. And, you know, they, they take what they want for survival. So I think I like the idea of, like, you know, fishing for... You know, like spear fishing, and you know, maybe they even can grow some sort of like underwater, uh, like bog seaweed or whatever, <laughs> like some sort of like grass that grows in in the in the water. Yeah. What do you think their culture looks like? Are they like magically advanced? Are they like tribal? Are they just normal? But they, <laughs> you know, have just called the bog home. I see it as as people who were in a city, they're very civilized. They just are um how do I put this? Uh they're just uh building as as civilized of a culture just in this bog. I probably would yeah, I'd probably see it like, you know, they're there is, they're just a normal culture, but they're limited to what the bog can provide for them. So they don't have, you know, access to a lot of things to make what we would consider a, a civilized, <laughs> you know, like a a normal structure or whatever. So they have like different, um, you know, just different uh, 
ways of life now because of what the bog has pro- what provides for them. Um, I think going off of this too, I want to ask: Do you think they have tricks and traps and things in the bog, like illusions and stuff like that, to keep them safe, or do they just know that the bog is you know too difficult for people to get through or whatever? I don't even think they have tricks. Um, I don't know. Do you think it's like illusions or like how are you seeing it? I pro- I mean, okay, I think so. I don't know if you've ever... I'm going to steal something from a book that I've read. I don't know if you've ever read Ranger's Apprentice. I did a long time ago. Yeah, there. Yeah, very long time ago, I'd imagine. <laughs> um, but in one of those books, there's like a wizard who's hiding out in a forest. And he uses a mix of like magic and like... Um, physical things to like deter people from going into his forest so you'd see an illusion but because he's not you know he can't necessarily make sounds with this type of illusion he has like logs that fall when the illusion is triggered or whatever and makes like crashing noise so you're convinced that it's real so i think it'd probably be stuff like that right where they have like little explosions or something that occur to scare people you know swinging branches or you know like scarecrows on ropes or whatever that like you know, fly through the swamp or then even just basic illusions too that kind of move around through the swamp. So I think it'd probably be a mixture of everything. I don't think they'd, do you think they'd want to harm people? They probably wouldn't want to like kill people. No, I, I right. more imagine it's more fright and fear tactics rather than yeah. uh, destructive. I'm going to, you were, everybody's going to die tactic. Yeah. I think it could be interesting though. And this might be some, something fun to create a little bit too. If they had like a, like a fear squad, like a squad who was like dedicated to patrolling the swamp and like scaring people away from the bog. I think that could be a fun little thing that the, that you could make be kind of interesting. Like maybe they would engage the party, but like they wouldn't hurt, ever hurt the party, but there would be like illusions that make them f- fearful or like, you know, that could be a very interesting, fun little encounter that you did that wasn't a combat encounter, but it was just a type of deterrent encounter that could be very interesting like a dragon swoops by when they're level five or whatever and they're like oh shoot we gotta run <laughs> you know like that could be fun yeah i mean i don't know what i'd call it but fear squad sounds really lame but like <laughs> Ooh, the fear squad we're the fear good. squad be afraid <laughs> yeah but like a little team of like you know illusionists and rangers or whatever that can like move through the swamp and cause all these little issues that occur you know yeah one other question too that i gotta ask just because no you know i'm this is what i do for a living now pretty much is study cultures but what do you think their government looks like do they just like i don't i don't think i think it's just a city i think it's i think it's it's um a council at most like representatives from guilds and stuff like that. I don't think from... it's that big. I, I think it's a very. I'm imagining literally just like a hut where everybody lives, <laughs> like a big like like a longhouse, like a uh, where they just fill that like with just uh, yeah, like everybody could fit in the 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 longhouse. I was imagining how I see like... it. I was imagining like 20 to 30 people. That's where my mind was at. Like a, just a small group of people that have, you know, a building or a couple buildings <laughs> at most. And they, uh, you know, dictate themselves, so to speak. They're just one giant community and they all have a say in whatever goes on. Mm-hmm. Do you think they like accept new 
people who don't want to do anything with the gods? And if so, how do they figure that out? That's hard. Um, I don't know how they would know. That's. I think they would. Tr- I think they would allow people to. I mean, I join them if they didn't. You know. I think so too. Like you were saying, the question is, how do they like? They obviously aren't like putting out recruitment posters. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how they would find them. That's definitely a weird question. Unless they have, like... Unless we go through, like, a task force thing again, and, like, they have, like, groups who infiltrate the city, so to speak, and look for people on the down low. I mean, I guess the main question there would be how, like, do they fervent... Do really? Like, yeah, how much do they, like, are they... Are they trying to build, bring people into their community, or are they like? I mean, maybe that could be something. To leave up to the, you know, maybe a, a small side quest as well. Just you know, having one here of like, there's a faction of the people who want the community to be bigger, and there's a faction of people who are like, if we bring more people in, that's gonna you know get us exposed. But if we don't bring more people in, then we're all gonna die. But if we, you know, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like that could probably be a current problem they're dealing with, maybe. You wouldn't even have to decide that yourself, I guess, because that'd be a fun little side quest, I think. Especially after, like, the old man goes away and dies, and then they're all like, oh, no, like, how are we going to, you know, how are we going to survive and, you know, live as a culture? Do we even want to continue to grow as a group? Yeah. And again, there's, you know, two separate factions or, you know, three separate factions or whatever that all have different ideas of, like, we want to stay isolated and hidden away. And then there's some that are like, well, we want to bring new people in to bolster our ranks. Mm-hmm. Especially with this like threat of zombies or whatever at the doorstep that they have to deal with. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I was going to say, I think the start would be like a, I think like we talked about like a Brennan Lee Mulligan style of how you go to the city, but like, it'd be fun to like start the campaign in this bog and they're fighting zombies and they come upon this little town or whatever, this building. That could be a fun little start after you do like an introduction of how you've made it to the city and what god you chose or whatever. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Any other things we can think of? Um, I know. I think this bog city's pretty, pretty good. Um, I definitely think maybe in the future we think we think about it if they like more on their recruiting standards and what if they do it at all or what yeah because i feel like it'd be really inconsistent if people just like wandered in and they accepted them right yes that would not be they would not be getting many members at all if any or they would or (laughs) the gods would be knocking on their door which would be the problem right right so they'd have to like secretly go about doing it which is also kind of the problem because if you're trying to like hide stuff from the gods, you know, you can't like walk into the god city and, hey, we've got a group that doesn't like the gods. You want to join? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't, real, doesn't really uh, work that way. Yeah, real questionable decisions there. I mean, I guess like you could do like one of the like, so I heard you talking in the tavern. You know, like, you know, one of those weird, those things. You don't like how the gods run this place? Neither do I. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> well, that sounds like treasonous talk there, friend. I don't know. Uh, I don't agree with it. <laughs> yeah, like, like, it just does not, does not seem wise. So I don't know how they would... I think that's a mystery. And maybe that's something they're trying to discuss. Maybe they're not that old. Maybe they've been there, you know. 
I don't know. Maybe as a group, they wandered out into the bog and they found this old man in the I bog mean, and he protected them. I don't know. I think a major <laughs> thing is to think about how evil do we want this world to be? My thought, and has been from the beginning, is like the world is very gray and has a lot of gray area and people just like paste a happiness of like gladiator battles over it you know <laughs> that's what i would think i don't think there's like i i just picture it as like our normal world except for that like you just have these weird you know aspects of well so what all i was who, all i'm leaning up to with with that question of how evil is i'm thinking if you want it to be like oh this group's kind of new and they're still trying to figure out how to do things do we want it to be that that this god was also did some evil things and maybe like there was some spy in the group and he couldn't figure out which one like who it was and slaughtered all of them to make sure to to start again so this this version of it is new but there was one before I have no idea. I don't know. I think there's just a part of me that wants this old man, God, to just be like, I just don't like the gods, and he just, like, leaves. <laughs> there's nothing that, like, like mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Then there's part of me that was like, well, do we try and, like, fit him into the overarching, you know, overarching story of, like, there's a god that's, you know, these, you know, how we have one of the gods was killed by this other god, right, and his soul consumed for power. Like, do we have, I don't know, do we have another one missing that people are aware about and he's just hasn't been seen in a while? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I what I want with that, to be honest. It is a hard question, for sure. But we shall think on it and come back later. As this has been episode 100 of Dungeon. Woo! Thank you all for listening. And if you listen to us on any podcasting apps that have ratings and reviews, we'd love to hear your review, what you think about the show, and it really helps show that uh, you're engaging with the show in more ways than just one. It kind of um, helps the, the podcasting app that you rate us on to kind of start to see that people are engaging and put us more to the forefront, showing other people our show, which really helps. Um, if you want to write to us, you can write to us at dungeoneer.hotmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear if you have ideas for topics, lukewarm opens, uh, think something we made was cool, use something we made, any and all, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and all these episodes that we talk about our world, feel free to take whatever I make and you can use it. I don't really care. So <laughs> My stuff is super re- restrictive. You can't use it at all. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I'm, just yeah, yeah. I'm just Copyrighted. kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, the whole reason we're here is just to, give you ideas it doesn't matter take whatever you need whatever as much or as little as you want uh we just hope to uh get your uh, mind going with ideas of Heck yeah. what's out there well thank you all for listening and as i always say always remember remember to be the sharpest barrel <laughs> in the bunch See you next time. See you next time. Uh, (laughs) Bye. There we go.